takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could be with us today. Thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to talk about today. We will have our weekly farm report as we talk about all things Bridgeport. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day. We have a great email from a listener that uh, from Connecticut that really, I had to think about this one for a while, so we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later on, but we have to start with this. The Islanders laid an absolute egg against the Seattle Kraken on uh, Wednesday night. Their last game before the All-Star break, and they just played an embarrassing, uninspired style of hockey and we'll talk about what Barry Trotz had to say and break down this game for you because the takeaways just aren't pretty. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, you have a comment, a question, a, a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address is lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is. That's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. You could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So I'll try to give you some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with fans during games and really any time you want to get in touch with me, so please feel free. Let's start out with what happened at the UBS Arena. Islanders fall to the Seattle Kraken by a score of 3 to nothing. And look, bad games happen. You are going to have times when your team is a little flat. And for the Islanders, this was their third game in four days, it's a back-to-back, and I can tell you all of those things, and yet you still understand that there are no excuses. The Islanders let the Kraken dictate the tempo of this game. They looked disinterested. They looked in just ineffect- uh, ineffective and just did not have the enthusiasm and the effort that you need in order to win a hockey game. And look, the mark of a good team, the mark of a playoff team, is that they cannot play their best game against an also-ran like the Seattle Kraken 
and still get the two points. They may win three to two. They may win, you know, two to one. They'll, they may not play well, but they still find a way to get the two points. The Islanders didn't even do that. And at the end of the game, Barry Trotz said, I'm pissed off right now, plain and simple. And that may be, he should be pissed off, he should be embarrassed, and he has got to do something because this team looked like they had one foot out the door thinking to themselves, hey, we get the weekend off, it's the all-star break, we're done for the next four days or whatever it's going to be, let's get out of here. And you can't have that attitude in a game like that. You have to win against an expansion team at home. They're coming off a back-to-back. You're coming off a back-to-back. You have aspirations of getting back into the playoff race. You're not getting there with efforts like this. 19 shots on goal. This was in the game for the Islanders. And the first time in Seattle Kraken history that they shut out an opposing team. And I I don't have to go through this list. But if you look at the top six forwards for the Islanders, Matthew Barzal, one shot on goal, minus two. Anders Lee, one shot on goal, minus two. Josh Bailey, zero shots on goal, minus three. Anthony Bavillier, one shot on goal, minus one. Kyle Palmieri, still, you know, maybe you could say getting back into shape, only was on the ice for 12 minutes and 20 seconds. No shots on goal, minus one. I could tell you right now, when that many of the forwards that you're expecting to give you some shots and and, and produce some offense... Brock Nelson, Brock Nelson led the team with three shots on goal. Oliver Wallstrom had two. J.G. Pajot had two. Matt Martin had two. Noah Dobson, none. Adam Pellick, none. No defenseman had more than one. And even the hits, which is something the Islanders are known for. Cal Clutterbuck, four to lead the team. Matt Martin, three. Three for Zach Parise. Three for Ryan Pulak. But that's it. There was no passion, no energy, no consistency, no organization. They didn't produce any quality chances. The scoring chances, you can count them on the fingers of one hand. It goes beyond just shots. You look at the shot chart here. And the Islanders, I can tell you right now, according to the shot chart, had exactly three shots on goal. Maybe four. One of them is kind of on the border. But three or four shots from the face-off dots into the goal crease. If you make that little triangle, you aren't beating anybody when you play that kind of game. Whatever fundamentals were there, we didn't see them from the New York Islanders last night. 
This team didn't play with energy, didn't play with enthusiasm, did not play organized. And I'll tell you something else. The highlight of this game, if you weren't at the arena, was that James McDonald was brought back to call the game. Uh, You know, this was a makeup game. It was originally scheduled for Saturday. So, uh, you know, prior commitments were made. It was supposed to be the all-star break. So Jiggs comes in. Great to hear Jiggs. Still sounds excellent. But other than other than having Jiggs do the game with Butch, that was it. That was the highlight. And this team isn't going anywhere with efforts like the one they had against Seattle. They just aren't going anywhere. Anywhere, And we're going to talk about that even more. You know, Simeon Varlamov, 30 shots against, 28 saves, one empty net goal. Varley played well enough to, to earn the win. Wasn't great, you know, but gave up only two goals. Can't say that they were very soft. One of them was kind of soft. Okay, yeah, he could have had it. But give me something. Give me some effort. Show me that you know that you got to put in effort to win games. That no matter what, you cannot expect, if you're the New York Islanders, to just show up and beat anybody. That's not how it works in the NHL. Even now, this Islander team is not talented enough to just show up and beat some. This is not the Montreal Canadiens of the late 70s or the great Red Wings teams or the great Edmonton Oilers teams of, of the 80s or the, or, or the uh, Islanders of the dynasty years where, hey, we're so much better talent-wise than everybody else that we can just show up and win. Uh-uh. You want to win? You got to fight for it. You got to earn it. And this team didn't fight for or earn anything. When we come back, we will have our farm report plus a question from a listener that, again, made me think a little bit. Uh, Great question. We'll talk about that and our Islanders birthday of the day and more all still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, before we get to the farm report, I wanted to talk about this email. Uh, this one is from Max in Stamford, Connecticut. He says, Hi, Gil, huge fan of the show. Me and my friend Brandon listen every day, and we appreciate your insights and analysis of every game. Being two guys from Connecticut, we are especially fond of the farm report, which will come right after we answer this question. Uh, And we love hearing what's happening just a few towns over in Bridgeport. My question, I've noticed that after 
every good-looking win, you say it was the Islanders' most complete win of the season. Looking back on this season so far, what was actually our greatest, most complete win, and what can we take away from that game? Have a great day, and let's go Islanders. Max from Stamford, Connecticut. Well, first of all, Max, good question. Had to think about that one a lot. Went back and went over all the wins we had this season. And I'll tell you, this was a tough one. I think you're pointing out also to me that I am kind of overusing the complete win statement. So I'm going to try to modify that and not use it quite as much. But you asked. So here's the answer. And I, I again, I had to think about it. And I'm going all the way back. I'm, I'm going to go back to an early season game where the Islanders beat the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the sixth game of the season. Islanders two, Golden Knights nothing in Vegas. And... The reason that this was the most complete game in my mind is that it had sort of all the elements of a good Islanders performance. Yes, they let up 42 shots on goal in this game, which is too many. But Ilya Sorokin was outstanding. And not all of those 42 shots, a lot of those 42 shots, the majority were from the perimeter and not you know, in the high danger scoring area. Josh Bailey and Matthew Barzal got the goals. And I think the reason I chose this game, they played their style. The lineup was complete. And, you know, you had Pulak, Pellick, Mayfield, Green, Chara, and Dobson on defense. Those are the guys that you want those are your starting six. Everybody in this lineup, to me, you had the 18 players you wanted out there. And everyone was healthy and everyone was sort of playing their game. And the you had contributions from the players you needed them from. Bailey stepping up with a goal and an assist. Four shots on goal by Barzal. Four shots on goal by Brock Nelson. Uh, Just, you rolled your four lines as far as the ice time went, where, you know, everybody was between 11 minutes and 8 seconds and 17 minutes and 40 seconds out of the forwards in ice time. The Islanders were physical. Cal Clutterbuck, nine hits in that game. And the identity line did their job. It, it To me, it was Islanders-style hockey, smart hockey, and they got the job done. So, And they beat a quality opponent. So, uh, Max, thank you for that question again, and thank you to you and Brandon for, for listening. And uh, a thought-provoking question that I really had to go back and do a little research to... Uh, to take care of. And now we'll we'll segue into the farm report. Uh, again, only two games for Bridgeport since we last did the farm report. They played last Saturday, had a two to one overtime loss to the 
Her, uh, Hershey Bears in Hershey. Uh, Thomas Hickey had the goal for Bridgeport, and Jakob Skarek played exceptionally well, although it wasn't enough to, to win the game. But, you know, Bridgeport outshot and still, you know, they managed to win the game, uh, get a point, rather, in the game. And Skarek, by the way, uh, pretty impressive over the course of the month of January, and he was the goaltender of the month in the AHL. Then earlier on Wednesday, Bridgeport had a 10.30 a.m. game at home uh, against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and they won it 4-1. to one. Simon Holmstrom, Andy Andreoff, Eric Brown, and Jeff Kubiak get goals, 23 saves for Corey Schneider, and uh, Bridgeport 2-0-1-0 now against Lehigh Valley over the course of this season. So in the two games, in between our last farm report, three points out of a possible four for Bridgeport, and that is certainly uh, encouraging. The leading scorer still Chris Terry right now with 13 goals, 31 points. Otto Koivula, 30 points. He leads the team right now with 21 assists. Arno Durando, 23 points. Andy Andreoff, 20. Simon Holmstrom, 19. And Austin Zarnick, 15 in only 20 games. And you go to the goaltenders, and we talked about Skarek. His goals against average down to 2.76. The save percentage at 9.11. He is now 12-8-4 on the season. So uh, doing better, starting to raise his level of play, and that is certainly encouraging for the Islanders, and congratulations to him. As far as the schedule is concerned, one game this weekend, it's a road game at the Wilkes Bar Scranton Penguins. That's Friday night at 7.05, and that's it for the rest of this week. Uh, they're off until the following Friday as the AHL uh sort of heads into its all-star situation. So, uh, nice, you know, three out of a possible four points for the Bridgeport Islanders. And again, you know, this team, they're not at the point where you could sit there and say, oh yeah, this is, uh, you know, they're just tearing up the league. But you see that improvement. And that improvement is important throughout the organization. So very happy about that. You look at the standings and Bridgeport, you know, they do it on a a point percentage basis now in the AHL. And Bridgeport, yeah, they're back in eighth place in the uh, Atlantic division, but 476 point percentage, Lehigh Valley at 486, and Wilkes Bar Scranton at 500. They're getting closer. They're getting closer. And, you know, just two points below 500 in point percentage, uh, they can make up some ground and get back into sixth place with another couple of, you know, a nice little 3 1 and 1 string. So, Liking more and more what I'm seeing from the Bridgeport Islanders, and and hopefully they can continue to improve. 
When we come back, we will have our Islanders' birthday of the day. It should be a, a, a good one as we look at a steady, th- a guy who scored 30 goals for the Islanders one year and was a, a, a good, solid winger for this team for a number of seasons, and we'll have him as our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, And in your pocket, you could save time and money when using Rock Auto. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go to explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box so they know we'll, that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, we're going to go back a few years on this one, as we always do. And we're a day late, but we want to wish a very happy 45th birthday to former Islanders' right wing, Mark Parrish. Parrish originally drafted in the third round by the Avalanche, the uh, Adina, Minnesota native went to St. Cloud State University, made his NHL debut with the Florida Panthers in 1998-99, then came to the Islanders for the 2000-2001 season, had 17 goals, 30 points in 70 games, and then his best year with the Isles, 30 goals and 60 points in 78 games in 01-02, in 2002-2003, 2004-2005, uh, excuse me, 2003-2004, 2005-2006. More than 20 goals in each of the next three seasons, but then was traded to the LA Kings uh, late in the 05-06 season. Played later for the Minnesota Wild, the Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Buffalo Sabres. His last season as a pro, 2011-2012. For Mark Parrish, in his NHL career, 722 games, 216 goals, 387 points, add 27 playoff games, five goals, nine points there. And uh, four of those five goals came with the New York Islanders. We're going to go back and look at what one of Mark Parrish's better games as an Islander. October 11th, 2001 at the Continental Airlines Arena, Islanders. Visiting the New Jersey Devils, Garth Snow, the goaltender for the Islanders. Martin Brodeur, the Hall of Famer, is the goalie for New Jersey. And in the first period, the Islanders go on the power play. Jim McKenzie off for slashing. Adrian Acoin is first of the season, unassisted. Islanders are up 
one to nothing. But the Devils bounce back. Jason Arnott, his first from Brian Rafalski at 616. That ties it at one. And then later in the period, Peter Sikora of New Jersey, his first of the year, Jason Arnott and Patrick Eliash with the helpers at 13-13. After two periods, it's Islanders down two to one. But they come back with a couple of power play goals in the second period. Period. Alexei Yashin is second from Roman Hammerlick and Marius Tchaikovsky at 443. And then our Islanders' birthday of the day. Mark Parrish, his sixth on the power play from Oleg Kavasha and Roman Hammerlick at 729. After two periods, Isles clinging to a 3-2 lead in that one. A fight in the second period, by the way, between Dave Scatcherd of the Islanders and Ken Danico of the Devils. Devils tie it. 3-3 early in the third. Jason Arnott is second of the game, second of the season from Eliash and Martin Brodeur at 439. We're all even at three apiece. But then Sean Bates, his second from Brad Isbister at 904, puts the Islanders up 4-3. Mark Parrish, our Islanders' birthday of the day, his seventh of the year, second of the game from Sean Bates and Brad Isbister at 1304. Uh, that puts the Isles up by a couple, but Peter Sikora gets New Jersey back to within one. Eliash and Arnott with the assist. And then, with two seconds left in regulation, an empty net and power play goal by Mark Parrish, our Islanders' birthday of the day. He completes the hat trick. Kenny Janssen, the only assist on that one. Islanders win their fourth straight game to start the season 4-0-0, and they beat the New Jersey Devils by a score of 6-4. to four. Garth Snow, 26 saves to earn the win. And as for Mark Parrish, our Islanders' birthday of the day, three goals. He was uh, he had five shots on goal, which uh, tied him for the team lead, along with Roman Hammerlick and Alexi Yashin. And, of course, he scored those three goals in just 14 minutes and 54 seconds of ice time, one of a few hat tricks that Parrish had with the Islanders. So Mark Parrish, yesterday, Wednesday, was his 45th birthday. We wish him a happy birthday and many, many happy more. Mark Parrish is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We've got a lot to talk about on tomorrow's show, and unfortunately, most of it is not good, but we will get to uh, everything that we need to talk about as far as the Islanders. We've reached the all-star break, and there's a lot to discuss. want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, enjoy the All-Star break, and of course, let's go Islanders!